things happen. And then, most recently, probably three years ago, the, uh, the services in, uh, in Twin Falls, he was preaching one of the nights of their advance conference, and he told us prior to the service, God wants this service tonight. God wants to show himself strong in this place and do wonders and miracles. He said, I have a very little to do with this service tonight. I went to that place having recently been diagnosed with an aneurysm coming right out of the top of my heart in my aorta. And uh, my blood pressure was high and I was fighting to keep it down. We went into that service that night and the elder took his text and declared to us how eager God was. I think, I think the, the translation he read said, of course I will. Of course I will heal you. He preached seven minutes. I think that's what we recorded. Seven minutes. The power of God. I'm telling you, the ceiling come out of that church and the glory fell in that place. This good elder turned around to me, put his hands under my elbows, and we shook under the power of God. Talking in tongues, it was a glorious moment. Healings happened all over that building that night. God restored faith to so many. The very next morning, I went to the local Walmart store and sat down, took my blood pressure. It was 103 over 73. I haven't had a blood pressure problem. Hallelujah. 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 We love this man and we want him to minister. I, I told the church here and I told him, I believe that this man's testimony and walk with God and his history testifies for him. And if he has to sit down in a chair over there somewhere and these two beautiful sons in the gospel lift his hands up I believe we'll witness victory and win a battle in this place hallelujah the Yarborough bring the elders Bible. hallelujah isn't this beautiful oh God Thank you, Lord. Three years ago, my wife and I had the privilege of going with the Johnsons to Indianapolis, Indiana. We got to talk and we thought, why don't we go over to the old church where Bishop Haywood used to preach? Let's go over there and check it out. It's one of the icons of Pentecost. There was nothing like it in its day back in the 20s when it was built. We drove there. They were doing some remodeling, a lot of people working around. Ladies wearing pants. Men not dressed right. Facial hair, things like that. Brother Collins or somebody got one of the songbooks and said, 
on Calvary's hill of sorrow. Thank God for the blood. There's an old man there, one of the senior members of that church. He shook his head. He said, we don't sing those anymore. And somebody either, Brother Collins or Brother Johnson said, well, you need to get back to that. You need to get back to it. He looked at me almost forlorn and he said, how do you get back? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that you have the name that thou livest and are dead. My title is Sardis, the church that used to be. Sardis. We ought to be weeping. We ought to be weeping. Because there's a lot of churches today that used to be. They'll go under the name of Pentecost or Apostolic. Just like Sardis, the church that used to be. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. This message could also have a subtitle, maybe, could fit. And we'll get into that later. Called the Divine Thief. A thief. Somebody who steals. The Divine Thief. He said, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, you shall not watch, that's one of the most profound statements in the whole Bible. If, therefore, you shall not watch, I will come on you as a thief, and you shall not know what hour I will come upon you. What a sad thing. We don't sing those songs anymore about the blood. We need to get back to it. But he looked and said, how do you get back? Well, we could have told him. We tried to tell him. You have to preach the Word of God if you want to get back. You have to preach baptism in Jesus' name, repentance, the Holy Ghost, holiness of life. I'm just here this today, this morning, not to preach anything profound or different, but mainly I'm here just to warn. You won't be shouting a lot, you won't be running the aisle, but I'm here as a servant of the Lord. He gave me this message months ago, Sardis, the church that used to be. 
That's what God's saying to that church, one of the seven churches in Asia. He's saying, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. It sure shouldn't be that way. That's no way to have church. Come into a church that's ready to die. He said, strengthen them. There's still a few of them remaining. Strengthen those things. That was his answer. He said, I haven't found your work perfect before God. Strengthen the thing. My. I have not found that work perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Remember how it used to be teach, taught to you. He said, remember back years ago when this one preached and this one preached. I know I'm reading between the lines. But he said, remember, therefore, how you have received, how you heard, and hold fast. How do you get back? You hold fast and repent. And the things that you've seen and the things that you've heard don't ever go away from. One of the most frightening things that a minister could face would be having to go back and redo some things over. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 18. Verse 18, again he said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne and all the host of heaven, standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Remoth Gilead? One spake, saying, After this manner. Another saying, After that manner. Then there came out a spirit. I said there came a spirit. There came a spirit. And he stood before the Lord and he said, I will entice him. But how are you going to do it? He said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall entice him and you shall also prevail. Go out and do even so. How are you going to do it? Ahab wants to hear something. You're going to hear what you want to hear in life, living for God. You're going to hear what you want to hear. Ahab said, oh, don't call that prophet. He never says anything good about me. It's always bad. He said, if you won't watch... The Lord said, if you won't watch, I'm going to come on you as a thief, and you shall not know what hour I will come upon you. This is almost against the nature of God. As I read this a few months ago, he said, if you're not going to watch, if you're not going to watch and take care of things that need taken care of, there may be a pastor here today, young or old, whatever, Maybe you've let things slip a little bit. You can't let them slip. 
You cannot do it. The first thing usually to go will be preaching on convictions. You may have the standards of conviction, but the pastor doesn't feel the need to really emphasize them anymore. That's not right. And for the Lord to speak to a church and say, I'm going to come as a thief. He said, you're not. Now, we, we praise God. We worship God. We want him to come into our services. But can you imagine the Lord coming into some church services and taking this? He said, what you got left, I'm going to come in. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to take it. And the, the scary thing is you won't know it. You don't know it. God coming into your service. And because the pastors let down, they think they're having church. They think they're having church. But they've already lost it. And then the fact they could have, the Lord said, I'm going to come like a thief. A thief sneaks in covertly. He sneaks in. He's real quiet. He doesn't say anything. The Lord comes into the service in some churches. They don't even know he's there. And he's there, but he's there not for blessing, but he's there for judgment. So for blessing, they've got to work it up themselves. We know how to do that. We can do it. But for the Lord to walk into a church and look all around and say, you better repent and you better hold fast what you were taught when I told you, you better, you better watch. Aren't you glad for what you've taught, what you've been taught? <laughs> Praise God. Pastors. I had a pastor that believed it gun barrel straight. And I still believe it the same way. I've been pastor. Well, I was when I retired. I pastored 40 years. Had the Holy Ghost over 50 years. But it's a scary thing as I read this. I said, why haven't I ever seen that before? He said, you're in bad shape, Sardis. You're a church that used to be. And that church in Indianapolis is still there today. Sunday morning, they'll be filling the pews. They'll be filing in. They'll be coming in sitting in their places. They'll be singing. They'll be worshiping, but God's not there. He isn't there. He was there. He tried to win them back. They wouldn't respond, so he went back. And he said, you're not going to know when I'm coming to take away what you neglected. Neglected to preach holiness? I'm going to take that away from you then. You neglected to preach doctrine? I'm going to take that away. You neglected to preach against the things of the world, everyday things? I'm going to take that away. And I will make it so that you will be free to preach anything you want to. You can preach anything you want to, Pastor. But God's not there. He came in a long time ago, and he stole as he came in as a thief. Quiet. Unobtrusive, he came in and said, well, they didn't take what I had to say. They knew and they made a, re they made a choice out of it.
thief comes in to steal, doesn't he? It's something to think that God himself would come into a church and take away the last remaining remnants of an apostolic church. Take it away. And the thing is, nobody knows it. The pastor doesn't know it because he let it go. And all they do, they come in, they say, let's have church. Let's have church. We know what we mean by that. I don't really like the term. But they think having church is noise. They don't realize there's a big difference between anointing and something else. The anointing, it's gone. It's gone. But they replace it with something. I want to warn somebody here today, pastor, missionary, evangelist, you better not let anything go. You let anything go, God says, I'm going to try to help you. And he's trying to help you this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in it. He's trying to help you. And if you don't get it back in place, you say, you better strengthen the things that remain. Instead of going this way, you better go this way. I know this is negative. I know it's negative. But it's true. A thief steals. And the sad thing is, you're not going to know when he comes. You're not going to know when he comes in. I took a church there in Twin Falls, Idaho, in 1981, I left a good church in Imperial Beach, California, which is part of San Diego. I'd raised up a church there for 15 years. The church that I took, I'd have to do the math in my head, but now then, it's been there for 80, how many, 90 years, about G.T. Haywood preached there in 1931. And when I took the church, there were a few people left who remember him preaching there. But something happened, folks. Something happened. The numbers stayed up in church. Church had good numbers for a Pentecostal church and a town of about 10,000 people. But something happened. The old pastor, an old man from Iran, he was an Iranian. He was a contemporary of A.D. Urshan. He pastored the church for 30 years, built a strong holiness base. But as he got older and older, he let things slip and slip and slip. I remember reading a copy of the minutes of a business meeting they had like in the 50s. B.M. David said, We need to get back to the holiness that we used to preach. He realized something was wrong, and the church almost died. He died physically. A man came to take the church. He was living in adultery when he came. He was there for about 11 years, just a thief, a robber, a charlatan, an adulterer, a drunkard, everything else. Brother Yarborough could tell you because he and his wife were there. Another man 
Well, that man finally got found, found out and he left. Another man came who was a good man, but he, was, he had a concentration on other things and did not address what was really needful. You can look out there, the congregation on a Sunday morning or Sunday night, good numbers of people. But there was no holiness whatsoever. No holiness, no doctrinal strength. I came there in 81. And I looked at that church. And I laid on the floor in my office there. And I wept. And I cried. And I travailed. And I interceded. Tears streamed down my face. And I'd say, God, just give me a Bible study. I could have come on with a bulldozer and blown the whole thing apart. But I didn't. One little, for instance, you might find this humorous, there were diamond rings in that congregation that will knock your eyes out. Huge, big old diamonds. I thought, hmm, got to do something about this. So we, we'd touch on it a little bit and then back off. Let me mention something, and then back off. I got up one night, Sunday night, and said, Folks, I want to tell you something about these diamond rings. Six months from now, we're going to make a decision on them. So I said, Well, bless God, why didn't you come right on? Because the Holy Ghost didn't want it that way. He wanted them to make the decision. Six months later, no diamond rings. And no bad feelings either. And nobody leaving either. Nobody left. Nobody packed up and left. No. God bless you. Please be seated. I taught that church. Where's Brother Yarborough? Where's Brother Yarborough? We taught them how to give. There are some people not even paying tithes. There's a man sat right out that side of the aisle. One night I was up talking about paying tithes. I said, you know, you can't go to heaven if you don't pay tithes. Is that too strong? I don't think you can go to heaven. You're a robber, you're a thief. And that man, he stood up, put his Bible under his arm, marched out, hadn't been back since. That's over 30 years ago, 30 years ago, something like that. Everybody else got on the bandwagon and away we went. And haven't stopped yet. When I retired from that church and handed it to John, would you stand? It's John Collins. I said, here you are. I'm going to say it. Maybe I shouldn't. But when, when I did it, close to the time I did it, wait a minute, Quinn, they couldn't even pay their bills, could they, when I came there? Two, two months behind on their mortgage payment. 
hardly any missionary money. They had a board meeting, and I was in there, and they said, we'll give you what we can. We do what we can. It wasn't very much. But I began to teach, began to preach. And the Word of God began to take effect. Praise God. Paying tithes. Yeah, after a few years went by, I asked the secretary, how much money is in the bank? One million dollars. One million dollars. And everything paid for. You know a dime on anything. Beautiful auditorium, nine acres of land. You say, what happened? Well, I just took this book. And I just declared what it said. They were almost dead when I, I'm not trying to build up myself. But they were almost dead when I came. I said, hey, we're going to worship. We're going to worship. You may be seated. They were almost dead. Isn't that right, Brother Yarborough? They were dead. The Lord had come in long before and stolen and taken away from a beautiful church. I just argued with the Lord a little bit on my knees and said, how about giving it back? (laughs) You ought to come there on a Sunday night. You ought to come there on a Sunday night. Isn't that right? Sunday night at Bethel Temple Church, Twin Falls, Idaho. You ought to come and see what's going on. Hallelujah. Somebody listen. Don't let the Lord come and take it away. Get it back. Get it back. This young man over here, Brother Yarborough, he's about 35 miles away in 1980, what, 9, 8, you go to Burley? 1988, we sent him to Burley to raise up a church. There had been something you'd call a semblance of a church, but not really. How many years before you found that little building? After a year having church in the basement, they found a building, nice little building, belonged to uh, Christian Science. He called me up. He said, if we have how much? Fifteen. You had 15000 You want to know if we could help you with $15,000 to buy a church in a nice town, nice little church, all fixed up and everything. I said, Quinn, I'll take it before the people, and we'll see. I took it before the people. And I called him the next day and said, Quinn, we didn't get you 15000 He said, well, whatever. I said, we got thirty. And all I did was preach this. Watch this. Not out of person. Just the word of God. 
teach you how to live. It'll teach you how to give. It'll teach you how to walk right, talk right. That year, Brother Godair, we were in the UPC back then. Things are going along pretty good. That's way, that year, our church reached 100,000. We were in the top 10 in missions given. We bought him that church. She's for Christ, second in the nation. From little old cowboy church in southern Idaho. That's all it was. Because people, now then, it's like a missionary call up. Sure, that we really help. He said, I, I need a, in this course of conversation, I need a new car. Pastor Collins here was talking to Tommy Bracken, Brother Bracken, Navy SEAL. I baptized him in 1972. We had a revival, had Navy SEALs lying in the pews. I don't know how many I baptized. Three of them preachers today. That was in San Diego, California. Brother Bracken here just a few weeks ago, Brother Collins was talking to him. How much was he hoping to get? Close to 30000 What do we get? He took it before the people. Might have had to wait a few minutes. Well, the secretary had to record it. In just minutes, he had $37,000. $37,000. We're going to buy him a brand new car. His son needed a car. About a year ago, he bought him a brand new van. Missionary work. It's a sad thing to see God walk into a church and steal what they let go. And oh, to see it come back together again. You can change. You can be different. But I just want to warn somebody, don't let it go. You let it go and go too long, God's going to sneak in. You won't see him. You won't notice that he's going to sneak in. He's going to take all the rest. And you won't know it. You won't know that it happened. You're just you're too busy having church to know that it really happened. Sardis, the church that used to be. I know churches... Ministers get together. We did today. We did the other day. There's churches around the country that used to be strong and stalwart. Love the truth. Now then, anything goes. Because they let a little bit go. God said, I better take what they let go and I better give it to somebody else over here. Here's a man struggling. I'm going to give it to him. And the other man, oh, they're, they're still shouting. They'll be shouting Sunday night. They don't even know. He said, I'm going to come on you as a thief. And you won't even know that I'm there. 
take away everything that you have. I'm going to take away what you do believe. The little bit, maybe a tiny bit you have left, and all of a sudden, you'll find out something else you can bring to the people that they can do. That's the way it'll happen. So we've got to protect, he said, watch, watch, watch. Could you stand with me today? In Burley, Idaho, you say, what happened? We gave the money to Brother Yarborough. Those people learned how to give. It had, been, it had just about been taken away from them. But we were going to tell them what the Word of God taught and what a blessing there is in giving. And since, that, since those days, we haven't lacked for anything. Praise God. Lord, we love you today. Let your mercy be here. Let the healing virtue of God touch someone who's sick. Touch a sick person right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it's here. It has not been taken away. You didn't have to sneak in and take it away. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, can we?